Well, folks, once again, it is time for the Biscuits and Gravy Show. My name is Jason Kurtman. Across the many imaginary borders placed, I am the laid out on the map, is my good friend, Jim, because he said so. That's why, Nelson. How are you doing, Jim? Losers always whine about doing their best. <laughs> how many how many times as a parent did you say, because I said so, that's why? You know what? Never. Never? I don't... I've never found that to be an adequate explanation. I, I probably have. I'll be honest. I probably have. To 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 be to be honest, and 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 like you're like poking the bear, like rant, rant fuel here. <laughs> right. Just really, really early. I I find that to be uh, the way to absolutely guarantee you're actively provoking your child into rebellion is to play that. Interesting. Yep. Well, I I I have done it. I will admit it. But at the same time, I've been like, you know, you're going to do this, and then we're going to after you're done, we're going to go out and have some fun. You know. So, yeah. And when I when I say that, I'm not taking the shot at you. No, I know. I know. Because I didn't know until a second ago that you that that you had ever done that. Yeah. Um. No. My I don't. My thing is is like, do I expect my child to obey? Well, mm-hmm. yes. Do I accept expect him to obey immediately? Well, yes. Um, one would but, hope. <laughs> one would hope. Right. Um, sometimes their safety depends on that. But the thing is, is acting like as if this all just needs to be subservient to your ego. No, right. uh, that's different. So, so at some at some point, um, it's okay for the child to ask a question. Do what I told you first. I'll be happy to explain it afterwards. Yes, after you've survived the incident. Yes. A- yeah. After we're through the incident, I'll I'll be happy to explain to your satisfaction you know, why I've told you to do X, Y, Z, but right. obey, obey first, I'll explain after. You know, you just brought to, to mind two incidents of my younger childhood that, ironically, both did not involve me or my family it, directly. The, the, the first one was my dad had, had and another man had taken us and his, the kids canoeing uh, along the Rifle River uh, in Michigan one time, and... Uh, uh, at the same time, another man had taken his family canoeing. They happened to camp next to us. It was him, his wife, and about six or seven kids. Uh, the man was uh, inebriated the entire time. And every morning and every evening, he would line up his wife and his kids, That, ironically, all by uh, height. I guess that's ironically. I don't know. But then he would march back and forth like a drill sergeant in a drunken stupor, telling him how he was the smart one there, and if it wasn't for him... They'd all, and this, these are his words. You'd all be floating down the river on your bellies. Yeah, you know, operative operative phrase here: drunken stupor. Yes, and uh, that just at the time looking at it, me and my dad and a couple of the guys I was with, we couldn't help but laugh. It was kind of funny, but at the same time, we felt sorry for the family that had to sit there and and you know go through uh, what I would call a uh, reveille and taps once in the morning and once <laughs> in the evening. But uh, And the other thing that uh, you reminded me of was when I was a kid, I went to church camp. I was about six years old, and there was another boy there that was about five years old, I think. And I don't don't really remember his name. I remember what he looked like and everything. We we became pretty good pals for a little while. But his his mother told uh, my mother, and I overheard it, that she can't, her son doesn't ask why anymore. And she said, because I would always say, because I said so. So somewhere he picked this up as a five-year-old. He would respond, and what purpose will this serve? Uh-huh. Pretty smart for a five-year-old. 
right. So I thought that was pretty smart, and I, I used that one time. One time on my mom. Uh-oh. And uh, that, needless to say, that didn't go over well, and I never used it again. So, Because <laughs> she knew I wasn't trying to be intelligent. I was being a smart aleck at that point. Yeah, and so. there's a difference. When when you're dealing with a child that's being rebellious and being a smart aleck, yeah, that's, that's something that needs to be put down. Um, but I think that in some cases, parents create their own set of problems mm-hmm. by... By well, basically, when when you sit there and you tell the child, because I said so, or you make it contingent upon your ego or your authority, and 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 it's just this naked authority with no love, no instruction, no wisdom, no knowledge that's being imparted. Um, you know, there's a selfishness to that that the kid picks up on, and what you actually end up actively teaching. Yeah. Is that level of egotism, and then you wonder why the child turns out the way? Well, it's because they're doing exactly what you did. Yeah. And the problem is, is that parents, well, we all of us, we have difficulty getting outside of our own heads enough to see how we are coming off to other people, particularly those that we are hoping to instruct and hoping to teach and hoping to bring up in a good way. Um, you got to get outside of your head enough to realize I may not be teaching the lesson that I was hoping to teach. I may be teaching the worst parts of me. Right. Yep. And that goes back to uh, what I had a uh, principal in high school that said, you want to you want to teach other people. There's two ways to do it. You can talk and or you can do it. Just show them. And he had this phrase that he said, and I don't know if it was original or not, uh, um, Philip Rose was his name, and he always said, "Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks." Yep. And there's, there's so much truth to that. Not only in parenting, but that carries over into other aspects of life, especially uh, also in the in the workplace. Sure. If you're, if you're supervising people, um, you can be a boss or you can be a leader, um, or you you can be both uh, to a degree, but you cannot be a 100% boss and be a leader at the same time. Um, when I was a police chief, uh, if, if I wanted my men, uh, my people, I had some women too, uh, to do something, I had to let them know and I had to prove to them that I was willing to do it too. You know? Right. So, um, but that goes, that goes along with parenting too. You know, you've got you've to set by an example too with your kids. And sometimes the example... You don't have to say, well, you need to live righteous because I did. Sometimes it's okay to go, you know what? This is where I messed up, and I don't want you to mess up. Right. I have done that so many times with my son. Which, what's what's kind of funny about where some people go, and I don't think I've ever heard you say this, so this would not apply to you as far as I'm aware, is I've, I've heard parents say, well, how can I tell my kids don't do the X when I know that I have? No, no, no. That's exactly why you should yeah. tell your kids don't do X because I found out this this wrecked me this this did me damage um, it's it's going to be painful it was painful the first time around when I went through it I do not want my child to have to go through X Y Z no I would agree with that completely that, ex- except I would put a limitation on it and and by that this is this is what I mean Jim. Sometimes yep. there are things in in our lives where we have messed up, and we don't want to um, shatter the image 
uh, that our kids have of us. And, and um, because, it, number one, if they, well, they might justify it in their own mind later. Well, Dad did it. He came out okay, even though he told me not to. Yeah. There, there's that. But um, I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who had found um, it was something in some of his dad's things that his dad, and, and his dad was um, really actively in church, a really a good Christian. He was a deacon. But his dad had some things that he didn't even know he had in, in some of the things from his younger days down in the basement. And he came across a little, uh, uh, I guess it was like a calendar or a bookmark or something. And okay. it, it had a very, very, um, well, it, it was an image that you wouldn't want your kid to see. And Fair enough. it totally, totally messed up my friend that he, he saw that and knew that it was part of his dad's property years ago. And messed him up for a long time. And then later he told me, you know, as I grew older, I realized, hey, I've made mistakes too. So in that in that sense, we got to be careful about what we confess to our children. Because honestly, some of it's none of their business. You know, I, I can see that. You you know, like, I, I don't know. You could draw your own conclusions. You have to use your own discernment and your own judgment yeah. in those areas. I mean, the way that I handle those things... Um, because we've all got them. Right. It is, I end up telling my kids, there's, there's going to be a time when you find out that your father is a man, <laughs> yep. a, merely a man. And, and you're going to have to figure out whether, um, you want to repeat my mistakes. Yeah. Or, or, or whether you just want to take it. But the promise that I make to my kids is, is that I'm never, ever, ever going to use my authority with you to just uh, make you subservient to my ego and my control. If I tell you something, it's going to be for your good. Right. And, and so, but eventually, yeah, you're going to, you're going to figure some stuff out. Your, your father is, is a human being. Um, I kind of, that, that whole image thing, mm -hmm. it's like, there's a measure at which that's valid. And there's right. a measure at which that thing needs to be murdered. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's, uh, if I didn't articulate that very well, that's what I was trying to articulate. You've got to use right. your own discernment and judgment. And yes. Go, you know, do I want to tell my kid that before I met his mother, I had 30 girlfriends and, you know, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. need to know that. Um, you know, just you got to use your own judgment. That's what it boils right, down right. to. But, uh, boy, parenting is fun. That's, there's no doubt about it. I always it's knew. Not, it's not for the, it's it's, not for the it's, faint of heart. Parenting is like Jim. It's not for everyone. <laughs> I'm using your words, by the way. So um, you're not wrong. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I always knew, you know, before I became a father, that I would love my kids, love my kid. You know, my have, have a son. I'm gonna love him, boy. I'm gonna be a great dad. I'm gonna put every effort I've got into it. And then he came along. And I didn't have a clue how much I would love that kid. I didn't right. have a clue how much I would invest in my time and work. <laughs> and, and I, you know, it's it's been a lot more than I thought it would be originally. And at the same time, it's not nearly enough right? in my mind, you know. I, years back, I had a, had a friend of mine who he was trying to impress me, um, which is already a mistake. Don't, don't try to impress people. Um, j just be real. Uh, but he was trying to impress me with how, uh, 
how protective a person he was, and he's talking about his niece. Uh-huh. And, you know, oh, I would, if anybody ever hurt her, I would X, Y, Z. And he just, he was like, um, he's like sitting there virtually talking like Darth Vader going, you don't know the power of right. the dark side. And he's just dipping into all of the darkness that his his soul would bring forth upon anyone right. who, who would ever hurt um, his niece. And, and the guy... The, the guy was on medications for certain psychological um, problems. Okay, I'll leave it. I'll leave that there. And and I I listened to this for about as long as I could stand it. And I finally told him. I says, bro, I says I'm going to tell you something, and this is going to be the end of it because because I've really heard you out on this. Um, you've never been a father, right? So you have zero clue. I says, let when you have children, you let me know if if I'm wrong. But um, I'm going to tell you right now. Number one, I'm not impressed because I'm a father, and everything that you said, I would also do, and I wouldn't break a sweat. Yeah. I says the difference. The difference between us on it is is that I'm not wearing it on my sleeve. Right. Yep. Yep, good stuff. Speaking of uh, fatherhood, <laughs> it's it's time for a dad joke or two. All right, I, you first. I, uh, me first. Okay, so this is a kind of a dad joke when you. It's a sentence when you take it into context. It's a dad joke. I I saw this today. I've never owned a telescope, but it's something I'm thinking of looking into. Ha hmm. ha ha! That's all I have. I just found out I'm colorblind. That news came out of the purple yeah right <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good <laughs> did you ever know anybody that was colorblind i've I, I've, <clears throat> I've known a few people yeah from what i understand they can see colors they just come out in different shades than what we associate them with yeah it's they were they the guy that i'm thinking of he, he would say well i'm not colorblind he says but i've got a color anomaly Right, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's fun to play Uno with those people. (laughs) Especially if you mess with them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What what do you you call a Frenchman wearing sandals? A Frenchman wearing sandals? I don't know. Philippe Philop. Philippe Philop, that's pretty good. (laughs) I can't wear flip-flops, you know. Well, well, not on my right foot anyway. I have no toes on that foot, so I just, I just, Whoa. I don't flip, I just flop. <laughs> you just flop? Yeah. Flop. That's kind of what it's probably sound to make. Flop. Anyway, got any more? Um, of all the inve- inventions of the last hundred years, the dry erase board has to be the most remarkable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. So, uh, are you, are you, you got more to slay me with or you, uh, let's see. I, I thought I saw one or two other good ones here. Um, but I don't, nope. No, nope. gonna, gonna probably, put it to probably rest. Probably not in mercy. Right. So, Hey, Hey Jim, i I discovered a new product this week. You Speaking did. Of, and this is ties into fatherhood too. You go camping with your kids. This would be a good product to take along with you. I don't know if you, I said automatic tie ironer, a tie ironer. Yes. There you go. No, this is something I, I actually posted on Facebook this morning. I was down at my local Family Dollar. I went back down today and picked up two more cans of it. It's taco in a can. It's made by Pace. Uh, you remember Pace, right? New York City. Yep. So New York yeah, City. It's got everything in it: beef, beans, chill, uh, uh, chi- a little cheese, tomato. 
everything in there except lettuce. And basically, you, you just... What I did is I put it in a tortilla, fold it in half, and just put the whole thing on a frying pan and fried it. And it is good. I put a little extra cheese in, too, I will admit. But I, I bought it thinking... You know how when you buy some stuff in a can, it's like, okay, it's survival food. I'll eat it if I have to. Right. You try it. Like SpaghettiOs. Let's be honest. Only kids like really, really like SpaghettiOs, especially if you get the off-brand type I, of SpaghettiOs. I, I like SpaghettiOs. They're okay. I, okay, I'm my trying kid, to... What's funny is, is my kids don't like SpaghettiOs, okay. but I do. Okay, let me change the analogy. If you've ever <laughs> bought Mexican rice in a can pre-made, that stuff's terrible. <laughs> okay. Okay, take my word for that. I thought this was going to be like that. Uh, I took it out and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try it because I'm going to talk about it on the show and I'll talk about it on the CowboyCherryTV.com show that me and Sarah do. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't, I don't talk about things that are products in a, you know, you don't want this, this is the worst thing ever, but I'm, I don't see myself just ranting and raving about this. I was wrong. It is that good. It's A1 good. It's that good. Um, I was surprised. I went down today and bought uh, two more cans of it. So, But that would be something you could take, put it in a can, and take camping with you. And just use it like a chip dip or something even. I was pretty impressed. Paco, taco uh, in a can by Pace. Good stuff. Interesting. What's your favorite food in a can? Favorite food Spam. in a can? <laughs> um Oof. Lots of well, them, right? Y- y- coffee. You know what? <laughs> coffee. Um, what about uh, <clears throat> corned beef hash? That's good stuff. Yeah, had that growing up. That was a good. That was a good church camp food, too. You know, the the chefs would always put that on your plate. A little bit of corned beef hash yeah. with the with a fried egg. Yep. Yeah, and even a thin slice of spam on there. Speaking of which, that's good stuff. I like. I even like canned chili. Of course, here lately I've gotten into making my own. Um, and, and using, uh, I've made my own, but I also be, have been using that six gun chili quite a bit. You, yeah. I tried that. I tried that package yeah. of six gun chili you sent. That yeah. was phenomenal. I, you know, to be honest, when I, when you gave it to me, I'm like, okay, he, he's, he's being nice. He's buying me something. This is, this is cool, but how good could it possibly be? And then I had it. It's not your McCormick's 50 cent package of chili. No, uh-uh. Yeah. It was it was it was very good. Um, it was truly next level. Did you did you happen to look in the grocery store and see if they had it had any there? I haven't found it in the grocery store yet. I didn't, but I I intended to. Actually, the kids and I were talking about making chili here before too long. I'm like, hey, wait a second, I need to find yeah. out if we got some six gun up here someplace. Yeah, well, you can get it on Amazon too. Well, what can't you get on Amazon? Right. right? Yeah. So. There's a, there's a lot of weird stuff on Amazon you can get. Weird, weird stuff. I, I end up buying some of it. So, But anyway, that was good stuff. Here's, a, here's another interesting... Are you ready for an update, literally? Sure. Windows 11 is coming out. Oh, Windows no. 11. Yeah, you think you'll upgrade? It's going to be free. Uh. Here's the thing. The, the, the other versions, when you try to install it, it would tell you, sorry, your computer's not going to... You know, isn't good enough for this. Um, from what I've read, Windows 11 is not going to have that warning. They're just going to install it whether your computer's fast enough for it or not. From what I understand, if anybody out there knows anything different, send me an email. You can send that email too, by the way, at uh, ourfantasticwebsite at gmail.com. But 
Are you you're running Windows 10, right? Yep. Yeah. Me too. I I recently well, not too terribly long ago upgraded from 8 finally. Uh which I'm glad I did. I I like Windows 10. I'm digging it. So, um I like Apple. Uh my my I I can't do what I would would like to do with an Apple product. Not very easily. I the learn my I'm 51 years old. My learning curve ain't stretched out <laughs> like it used to be. So, if I had an Apple computer... Your learning curve is a straight line. <laughs> that's pretty much right, yes. Yes. So, uh, if I had an Apple, it would take some time for me to to learn what I need to do uh, for broadcasting and recording and everything else. And right now, I'm just like, why do that? What I've got in front of me works. So, But when it comes to my phone, Jim, um, I'm, I'm the other, just the opposite. I, I don't want to give up my, my iPhone. Don't want to do that. I love it. Everything. Here's here's something cool. I discovered this last week on the way back from church. I I decided to put in some tunes, listen to the radio coming down the mountain. And when she uh, comes, yeah, when she, when I came, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my son had installed this car stereo in our car, and it's a Apple CarPlay stereo. Um, it's it's not made by Apple, but it has it Apple features built in. And so it has this cord that runs behind the dash, and you can connect it with the USB cord that Apple comes with. It's not really USB, a lightning cord, uh, to plug it in. Or you can use it Bluetooth, wirelessly. Well, I always use the cord because I, I, my wife will tell you, I'm like some people have CDO. You know what that is, right? No. It's, it's OCD, except it's in alphabetical order. Um. So anyway, I have that when it comes to my phone on my my uh, my my battery on my phone it's got to be at least 90% 100% of the time so i always charge it into that so i'm riding down the mountain i plug my phone in to listen to my music and i'm driving down listening to the music i'm i'm listening on amazon music i subscribe and i i look down at my watch to see what time it is and my watch is giving me the buttons to adjust the tracks or pause the music on my watch Oh. I almost drove off the mountain. I got so happy. I was so excited. But I didn't. Good. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I learned. This is pretty cool, Jeff. This would be right up your alley if you ever get out here. I'm going to show you this. I learned. This is from my friend Michael Shinneberry. He's been on the show a couple of times. If it, Our church is about 17 miles up the mountain in a little town called Cloudcroft. Great church. Absolutely love it there. One day I was talking to Michael, and he works down in Alamogordo. And he said that one day, coming down to work, he hadn't quite got to Cloudcroft. He lives a little further up. He had had mechanical problems, and his truck just died. He said, I, I, I knew I could make it to the gas station probably, but I put it in neutral, and I coasted all the way down the mountain, 17 miles to the gas station. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, I got to tell you. I thought, well, if he can do it, I can oh, do no. it. Yep. Now, every Sunday after church, we save gas on 17 miles because I drop that thing in neutral and let it roll. And the odd <laughs> thing about it, Jim, and you can probably understand this, when I'm going downhill, that car, even though I'm not burning as much gas, goes faster than when I've got it in gear. Yep. Gravity just pulls it down. It's fun. It really is. But I gotta be careful that I don't have cars in front of me, 
because I will end well, up burning my brakes up more than I burn gas. Right, right. So. Anyway, that's the news from Lake Wobegon. Where all the women are strong, all yeah. the men are good looking, and all the children are, are above, above average. average. I used to say on my old show, this is Jason Kurtman coming to you from Studio 312, where the women are beautiful and the men, well, the men are finally groomed. <laughs> or fi- finally or finally <laughs> could be both yeah <clears throat> could be both i i gotta tell you i got the idea for that phrase it was inspired by uh garrison keeler of course but i was sitting in a restaurant one day working on my show i was eating breakfast in this little place called country kitchen in alamogordo and i'm thinking what can i do what about the people here what can i say about the people here and I looked up, and I saw a table with some Mexican women who were extremely well-dressed. You know, black dresses, gold, their hair's braided and made up, and they're wearing high heels, and they have just the right perfect amount of makeup on. I thought, well, those those older women, you know, Mexican women, they're, they're pretty beautiful. For, right. You know, they're coming off really good. And I looked over at the men, and they get cowboy hats on and clean clean cowboy boots. And you could tell their face has been out in the sun, roping cattle for decades. Uh, and I looked over at one, and he's got he's got his mustache waxed and curled up on the end. Right. And I thought, well, he's finally groomed. And then I was like, that's it. The women are beautiful, and the men are finally groomed. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So it actually <laughs> stuck. Uh, Use that uh, line in a, qu- a lot of different uh, places when I refer to the Tularosa Basin. And uh, I actually uh, used it in a Republican convention. Uh, I guess it was not really a convention, a meeting, a local meeting here. And nearly about brought the house down with that line. But there's a lot of truth to that. That's that's how I see this community. So, anyway, there's the there's the news from like, Wobegon. Here's some interesting news, Jim. Yeah. Did you ever lose a pet? Yes. Yeah, what'd you lose? Um, we ended up losing a turtle. Yeah? He ran away. <laughs> Still couldn't catch it, huh? <laughs> no, actually, we, we we had a turtle, and somehow or another, one of the kids had him outside. Mm-hmm. And they had him in an area where they thought he couldn't get out. Ah. And thought he was going to be okay. And we ended up coming, he was gone. I had a turtle when I was a kid. I lost him and some foliage outdoors. I lost uh, two hamsters in a basement one time. Uh, we saw traces of them for about a year and a half. Uh, but, uh, yeah, here's a woman in Pennsylvania that went looking to adopt a pet from a Pennsylvania shelter. And uh, she rediscovered, I guess you would say, her uh, lost dog that she lost two years prior. What a sweet reunion. Yeah. I was still, I, you know, speaking of pets, I was laughing. I was still laughing in my mind today about you getting kicked out of that Bunny Rabbits Make Me Happy Facebook group. Yeesh. I'm sorry, Jim. I'll never let you live that down. Hey, maybe I will. I'm just in in my defense. I was the one who didn't want to see pictures of people's dead, rabbits. which which was against the rules. Which was yes. actually against. You know what? Even if it wasn't against the rules, not tasteful. Count me out. <laughs> that you know. That's what I I've been to people's houses before, and they you know they they show you pictures picture albums of their kids. This has happened to me twice. Where they open up the album and they're showing you pictures of their family or kids. Some of them might have even been my own family. I don't recall. And I remember two times, though, turning a page and seeing a picture of somebody in a coffin. Yep. 
That's something they used to do in the Victorian era. There's certain countries where they still do that. Nah, I'm not for that. Not at all. It's, I, it's not my thing. Um, I, I respect that there's certain cultures that there's... Yeah. That, that's that's your thing, and I'm respecting your culture, but nah, that's, not my thing. That's like this thing now, too, in a lot of places. They're posing the corpses like on motorcycles or sitting up in chairs. Yeah. That, that's just a little creepy. That's tacky. You know what I want them to say when they look at me at my funeral? What's that? Look, he's moving. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, not my thing. Here's a, here's a speaking of which, here's a company now that's making urns. They're three, 3D printed in the shape of your loved one's head. An urn? No. Yeah, no, in full no, color, no. too. No, 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 no. No, this is wrong. Yeah, I, I I don't know how I feel about that. I I don't think I'd be comfortable with that. No, it's one thing to have a picture, like to you've got an urn and there's a picture, you know, with them either on the urn or right. next to the urn. I, I accept that, but yeesh. Well, I'll tell you what. If I ever did come to the point where I decided to do something like that, I would make one special request. Shoot you first? No, I would want them <laughs> to make the urn of my loved one glow in the dark. Oh, no. Yeah, but I don't know why. I just genuine, genuine faux yes. ivory glow-in-the-dark. That way they can, you know, st still give me a thrill at night when I come up late, <laughs> late wow. through the through the living room to get something yeah, out something of it. Yeah, something with a little motion detector on it. Yeah, right. And, and, there and you a, go. And a sound, and a sound device. So it's like it's somebody a, comes. It says, as long as you're up. <laughs> yeah. In their Could voice. Could you make yeah. me a sandwich? Right, yeah. <laughs> No, anyway, moving right along. Hey, we were talking about uh, Gwen Berry earlier today. Yep, she was the uh, what, what in the hammer throw, right? The Olympic I contest so. hammer throw, third place, and she had decided to turn her back away and put some sort of blanket over her head or something like that. That's protesting uh, during the national anthem on the stand. Um. Would you you said something about that this show? Somebody was calling for her to be removed from the Olympics. Um, yeah, it was actually it was on Ben Shapiro hmm. that they were talking about it. Um, the Daily Wire. Oh, here we go. Uh, GOP lawmakers, veterans veterans call for Gwen Berry to lose Olympic spot over anthem protest. Is the government? actually affiliated with the olympic teams in the united states i don't know i don't know how um, that's connected says here republican representative dan crenshaw and senator tom cotton are calling on team usa to cut hammer throw uh hammer thrower gwen berry for protesting the flag and national anthem over the weekend uh says she qualified to represent the united states at the olympics on saturday placing third in a hammer throw at the U.S. Olympic track and field trials. While she was on the stage receiving her medal, the anthem began to play. At a preset time, Barry turned her back to the flag and held up a T-shirt that read, Activist Athlete. Mm. And um, I guess my thing is, is if you're going to represent America, right. then that's who you're representing. Yep. And And if you can't figure that out, you don't belong there. You you do not, you do not get to represent America on a national stage, and then decide that it's all about you. Yeah, yep. 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you, the per, same person that was on that platform, uh, there was first and second place. I don't remember who was first place. Do you have that by chance? No. But I can tell you who was second place up there. And that is one of my... I, I just admire this young lady so much. Her name is Deanna Price. Uh, very, very patriotic young woman. I believe uh, that she goes to a church there in St. Louis. I believe she's a Christian. I may be mistaken about that. Um, I got to meet her four years ago. Very, very beautiful, uh, spirited young lady. Loves America. Uh, I was at a Cardinals game, and uh, they had said something about her being there. And I walked out, of all things, to get myself a hot dog, because that's what I do at a baseball game. And uh, while I was walking over to the hot dog vendor... I saw this young lady standing there, and she was wearing, you know, the the sport outfit with the, the, you know, like the zippered coat that the athletes wear with said USA on it. And uh, I thought, that must be Deanna Price, who they were talking about earlier. I'm going to go over and introduce myself. And I I asked her, and I said, listen, I'm honestly not into sports, but I love the fact that there are young people out there representing our country with other uh, people from other countries in the world. And uh, from what I can tell of you, what I see of you, I think you're doing a fantastic job, and you're from Missouri, my home state. I just want to let you know I appreciate you. And she said, well, thank you. That means a lot. And uh, I said, hey, can I get my picture taken with you? She said, absolutely. I got my picture taken with her, and it's been a fond memory of mine. Very cool. uh, But we need more athletes like her that uh, are very patriotic, and they have the right spirit. What happened? What happened in our in our country, where everybody's you you know everybody actors they're not actors anymore they're activists. Yep. Very few of them don't. I I read something from Tom Selleck this week. We've talked about this before about actors who shoot their mouths off or don't shoot their mouths off or whatever. Um, I read something from about Tom Selleck this week that I thought was pretty interesting. Somebody asked him his opinion on something. And he said, doesn't matter. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, I'm well known, but that doesn't mean anything. And this is what he said. I got a smile out of it. He goes, I just make faces at a camera for a living. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. (laughs) I make faces at a camera for a living. Well, he does it very well. Right. Um, So I've recently been watching the Jesse Stone movies. Have you seen those with Tom Selleck? Oh, you you love them. They're, They're great. They're kind of a... Sarah brought this out to my attention. I didn't realize it. She's correct. They're kind of a modern-day, what do you call it, a film noir. The old, you know, like, detectives type of black and white. uh, The lady, the slow... Everybody talks soft and and quiet and... Right. You know, you're you're still in suspense. You're wondering who did it. That's what the Jesse Stone uh, movies are with Tom Selleck. Great movies. Absolutely fantastic. I love them. So, anyway, so I'll remember that, Jim, not to get you a an urn that looks like yourself for your birthday next next yeah, birthday. Yeah, no. So that's just creepy. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of news stories, this was a question brought to me, brought to my attention earlier. What news story do you remember first hearing about as a child? Your parents turned on the news, and a news story was so big that it it burn something into your memory do you remember what it was i i mean not not for like for sure the first thing uh-huh 
but there's a big thing. Yeah. And sadly, I, I wasn't paying attention until I was in high school. Um, I remember we were listening to uh, 1270 AM um, here locally. It was WXYT radio. And they had uh, Louis Farrakhan was calling for racial war mm. and was like out and out saying we need to be killing white people. And I'm sitting here going, how in the world is this guy even getting away with saying such a thing? Yeah. On, on, on a nationally syndicated talk show. Interesting. And it was, and I just, it, it blew my mind. And at the time it was like, eh, he was, he, he was what he was. People knew about him, but he wasn't that. Right. He wasn't that, that, that well followed that you felt like you really needed to worry about it. Well, you know, now we're in a different place altogether. And I'm like, you know, where is, uh, where's Martin Luther King when we need him? Oh, that's a whole other show right there. Right. Yeah. Oh, one of the, the, the main event that I remember growing up, you know, mom and dad, and I still remember we lived on Pettybone Street. And, um, I remember going into the kitchen. Mom and dad always had a little tiny black and white TV and they would watch the news while we were eating dinner or whatever, sitting on the corner of the, of the, you know, that old Formica tabletop from the 70s and mom and dad turned it on and they started talking about the Jane uh, uh the jonestown was it jonestown massacre yep yep with jim jones and i remember my dad did well the whole family was just in shock and that i remember seeing them watching tv and watching walter cronkite and i remember hearing the voices you know and that's the way it is and that sort of thing but i never really paid attention to a story until that story hit, and I, I remembered it. I have a, a friend, uh, he's down in Florida right now, he was actually on the military unit that came in and cleaned that mess up. And uh, never really talked to him about it or asked him about it. I figure that's probably something he doesn't want to talk about. Right. But uh had another friend, um, if you watch the History Channel on that episode, uh, had, had a, uh, another friend... He wasn't a close friend. He was a kind of an acquaintance. We had talked and Skyped and communicated. His name was Vern Gosney. He was actually the one that tried to start the escape there. He's the one that passed the note to the congressman and tell, told him what was really, really going on. I think he was the only survivor, if I'm not mistaken, when the uh, Jim Jones people came back to the airplane to prevent them from taking off. And they gunned that airplane down. I say they gunned it. It was on the ground. They they gunned it all down. And he was, I believe he was the only one that uh, survived that shooting. And uh, he later went on to uh, Hawaii and became a police officer in Honolulu. Uh, lived a, a long life, fairly long life. He passed away last year. Um, but uh, that was the main event that I remember. And then, of course, uh, a couple of years later... Uh, it, the big news was uh, the day Ronald Reagan got shot. Right. I remember that clearly. The one thing I remember about that, Jim, was that for several several different times, and I, if I remember correctly, it was Peter Jennings that was doing this. And I may be wrong, but he they made the announcement that Jim Brady had passed away, that he had been killed. Right. Then they came back on and said, no, he's he's alive. And then a few minutes later, as they said, no, he's passed away. And then they came back and said, no, he is alive. It has been confirmed he is alive. And, of course, uh, I think 
didn't Jim Brady pass away a year, a couple years ago? I don't remember. Um, I to, don't remember. I'll have to look it up. So yeah, he he passed away into. Oh, I guess it's uh, been longer than that. He passed away in 2014, so about seven years ago. Uh, sad thing that came about him that, uh, and you could take this for whatever you want to take it for, listeners. But in my mind, uh, I was saddened that he had gone through what he went through. Uh, but I was also saddened to some degree that uh, his family has brought uh, a lot of harm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say to gun rights, but I'm going to say to personal God-given rights. Right, the uh, Brady Bill. And I'm trying to be as nice and gentle about that as I can be. Uh, somebody once said at a at a meeting that uh, tragedies don't trump rights, and that's 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 got to be what you fall back on every time. That's, that's a got, good way. Of, that, that's a good way of putting it. it. It's got to be the be all end all, really. So that's my thought on that. So. And then uh, I, I think uh, through the years, I, I do remember a couple of other stories. I remember when John Lennon was shot, and around that same time frame, I remember when the Pope uh, was shot as well. Do you remember that the assassination attempt on the Pope? Yep. Yeah. Didn't didn't put much into it. Not being Catholic, it was just a note of interest on the side. I, I hate to see anybody get shot. Uh, especially if it's me. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> uh, I, had, I had a couple of close calls back in the day, but anyway. But yeah, those are the... And then there was 9-11. That's what I remember. Yep. I, I do remember when Bill Clinton won his second term in office. Uh, I won't say who, but a, a, a man in my family, and that probably tells you who, I saw him weep really genuinely weep and that was i think that was the first time i'd ever saw that happen with this individual over a news story he goes this is the beginning of the end and i think he was right i think that's when things started to go downhill um they've come back up since then but overall trend i think we're we're still going downhill but that's okay because as a preacher, I used to know, say, the fact that we're going through it is the fact that we're going to get through it. So, thoughts, Jim? You're being awfully quiet over there. That concerns nope, I, me. <laughs> nope, nope. I didn't have anything to add to it. I thought you were handling it rather well. Oh, okay. So, uh, here's another news story. You probably heard about this, and I cannot wait to get your comments on this. Uh-oh. Yeah. Biden says those people that think they need the Second Amendment to overthrow the government. I'm paraphrasing. Well, you're you're going to need F-15s and nuclear weapons. Uh, did you you heard about this, right? Yeah, that has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, for starters, he's 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 poking the bear. Oh, it, yeah. Some people are going to go. Oh, that sounds like a challenge to me. Right. Which is which is already something you shouldn't do. Right. Um. There there's been other other subjects where just like, you just you just don't do that. But um, here's the thing. We already have what we need mm -hmm. to, to deal with that. Um, we've, we have our founding documents, and we have a military that's already sworn to uphold those founding documents. Yeah. That and, and so uh, the, 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 those F-15s that you're thinking about and the fingers that are going to come down on the big red buttons. Guess who they yeah. belong to. <laughs> Guess who they belong to. Yeah. They belong to American citizens. Right. That have already now, taken a vow 
to uphold our founding documents. But here's the here's the other avenue. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what he's thinking in the line of thought. If as long as he, their side has control over those, he he's right. We don't have the means to go directly. That's the key word. Directly up against those. However, I have what I call the domino up theory of force. Remember, domino up theory of force. Okay, it's real easy. You got let's let's start it out real small. Let's let's say you, one of the smallest, weakest, wimpiest pistols you can buy is a twenty-five caliber. Okay, there there might be something smaller. I'm just going to go with that for the purpose of this illustration, right? So okay. you're in close range and you're com- you're in combat with somebody who has a twenty-two. Now, obviously, a twenty-two caliber rifle is a lot more superior than a twenty-five caliber pistol. A lot more. But if you get close enough to an individual and you have the right shot placement and you're a little bit faster than they are. Guess what you own? Yes, yes. Now you own a 25 and a 22, right? Right. Now you take that 22 up against somebody who's got a 30 odd six in the same situation. Lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. See, you're seeing, (laughs) no pun intended, this is all going to wash out. (laughs) <laughs> right? So, okay, so then you go up and up and up. Well, who's coming at you? Who's coming at you down the street with the green NATO helmets and all that? A couple of your guys lined up, and you've got the 30-06s. You might even, there, there are civilian full automatic machine guns to, that are owned by people who have licenses. And don't think for a minute that those people that have those licenses and have those weapons, those fully automatic, those folks are rare. They're hard to come by. I know one in my entire life, I've known one person who has one. And they've got their legal tax stamp. Everything. they got everything. Right. But that when it comes to push to shove, those are the folks that are patriots. They're going to be standing next to the guys with the 25s and the 22s. So you got your NATO people, and they're rolling their cannons down the road. They're howitzers, and they're, what, you know, whatever. Let's let's say a tank is coming down the road. First of all, they can take the grenades. It, it's it's you see where I'm going. It go it can go yeah. all the way up to the air force. A lot of retired pilots who are veterans who can fly those F-15s, Mister Biden. So give American people time. Now I'm not I'm not advocating this. What no. I'm what I'm doing is pointing out that Biden's theory. That we don't have those and we would need those to take over the government. That's just a falsehood. It happens all the time in other countries. Except that we also have something else to take over the government with. Yeah, we don't need, yeah, we've got the ballot box. It's called an election. Yes, exactly. The ballot box. And we've got the the ballot box and we've got the soap box. And then then we've got the bullet box. And so far, uh, one and two, I don't know. Are they falling apart on us? I don't know. That remains to be seen. We got people like Zuckerberg who are trying to destroy the the soapbox. I don't know what's going on with the ballot box. Um, we'll you, find out. Yeah, I know that there's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on, and honestly, a lot of it's above my pay grade. Right. Which almost everything's above my pay grade. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. But I, that you know. Um, Domino theory, uh, yeah, is, is, which is what which is what was used in Vietnam. Well, it was also used in the Revolutionary War, right? Um, and here's the thing: I was thinking about this today. It's funny you brought that up because you just reminded me of this. 
when you look at the logistics and the numbers and the strategy and everything that the the British had to go against a couple of ragtag coon-headed I say coon-headed I'm talking about coonskin haps yeah caps. Uh, that sort of thing just just a bunch of pioneers settlers there is statistically absolutely no way in in a in a world of reality that we should not be under a, a British rule today. Right. It was nothing short of the hand of God and a miracle. This is what gets me when people say, like Obama, well, we're not a Christian nation. We weren't, you know, and people say, well, we're not. You don't speak for us and you don't speak yeah. for our history. Sit down. Yeah. I mean, I mean, our history started out with miracle of miracles. Really did. George Washington was shot like seven times in one battle and every bullet went right through his coat and not him. You're thinking of Braddock's defeat. Yeah, yep. So, I I mean, those stories can be told over and over and over again. Different stories. So, that's that's my thing, is that, uh, you know, if if God could do it then, he could do it now. He could do it now. He's done it in other countries. Um, I I think of even Israel uh, and some of their, you know, conflicts with other countries. How they, there's no way. They should have gotten the victory, but they did. But they did. Yep. One thing that um, one thing that comes to mind with a lot of this stuff. One of my biggest one of my biggest concerns about the election going the direction that it did was uh, abortion. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here, and I was I was on my knees, just weeping. Um, you know, God, we were headed in the right direction. Granted, abortion hadn't been abolished, but um, we were headed in the right direction. Trump had actually shut down 900 abortion mills. Yeah. And, and here you've got the liberals promising to bring all of that stuff back. And I'm going, God, why, why, how, how? Um, you know, and, I, and, I'm, and, and my concern about that is, first and foremost, for the lives of those innocent children. Mm-hmm. Okay. But secondly, what level of blood guiltiness do we bring upon ourselves when we allow that to come back. Yeah. And I'm going, God, why? How? Please. Um, and, and But something interesting has happened that I did not foresee. What's that? Probably should have. But um, those lifetime appointees mm-hmm. that Trump was putting in office, they are currently examining getting rid of uh, abortion altogether. Well, I think that's a good, a good, wise thing to do. We have to remember that during the time of Roe versus Wade, we did not have medical technology like we've got today. Like the ultrasound, for example, is was not a. I don't even know if we had it, but it certainly wasn't advanced as it was today. I've heard some medical profession professional people say that if they had had back then what they have now, they wouldn't have made it, that decision. It never in the first would have place. happened. Yeah, and that that may well be that may well be true. Um, certainly, certainly, um, you know, being brought face to face with the with the innocent children you plan on victimizing um, casts a different light on it. I mean, heaven for heaven's sake! I remember Hillary Clinton um, when when this subject came up and and they were trying to advance uh, uh, what what groups of what groups of unborn they were going to do this on. Um, somebody accused her. They said, you know, you guys aren't going to be happy until you're able to um, abort children 
you know, right up until the third trimester, right up until right up until birth. And Hillary Clinton said, "You people are sick. Yeah, how dare you accuse us of such a thing? What do you think we are, monsters?" And and this is where they're at now. Okay, but where are we? Right. So that wasn't that, that wasn't you know some argument from uh, from an extreme point of view. That wasn't Zeno's parrot, uh, Zeno's uh, um, razor at work here. Um, oh, you you just took their their argument to its logical its logical extreme, and it was never ever ever going to go that way. Well, no, actually, it did. Well, We're I, there. I'll tell you why it's going on. I, I think I, I think I have a good idea why. And I think that it all revolves around a very dark, sinister spiritual force called Satan. Okay, but Satan is Satan doesn't unleash all of it at once. No, no. You know, when when he wants to tempt you with something, he gives you a little bite of it at a time. And I think that this this dark force in the world called Satan is has got, how shall I say, um, companions. Who are right. human beings, companions, and I would honestly I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those people higher up, you know, like the Illuminati and all that other stuff, have regular conversations with him on a regular basis. I know this sounds crazy, but people pray to Satan all the day. That's all, all, all the time. And even, and even if you want to, see, even if some of our listeners would want to say such a thing doesn't uh, doesn't exist, so why worry about it? Well, I'll worry about it on the basis that. Even if even if you wanted to be a complete uh, skeptic about such things, mm-hmm. if you got people that are so psychologically damaged, right, well, that that they are that they are looking for that kind of guidance and direction, um, what makes you think we want these kinds of people in charge in power over any of us? Well, I honestly think that we're past that point right now. Agree, honestly, agree. But going back to to what I was saying about this evil entity, who is releasing one bite at a time 40 years ago and i can say that because i was 10 years old at that time i remember what it was like i remember the culture i remember one time asking my dad something about that i heard was gay you know you remember that as a kid all that's gay you know that was an expression i asked my dad something about that i heard that that was gay you know he's like oh don't say that word in public it's 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 not a word we use people will look at you and you know just bringing that word past your lips was taboo right and now they're sh- we talked about this last week they're Pride. shoving it down our throats right I, I i got invited to speak today on a corporate seminar um and and they didn't even want me to speak about the gay and lesbian thing but the thing was it it was a, a, a pride event and i'm not even i'm not going to have my name associated with that period not going to do that so that you know, that's but that's just the thing. It's it's shoved down our throats left and right. We have gone from don't even whisper that word. Somebody might hear it. To flaunt it, flaunt it, and if you brag speak, about it, and if you dare speak against it, yeah, you you're the problem. You're the intolerant one. And if somebody else speaks about it, you persecute them. You sue them. You destroy their business. You destroy their life. This this did not happen overnight. This happened over the course of the last. I'm going to say 40 years because that's been my lifetime. I know that stuff has been going on for 150 years. Nobody talked about it. It's it's written in the pages of minuscule historical accounts. I get that. I get that. Uh, but it was not something you you could not find in America. I am willing to bet a week's paycheck. In 60 years ago, I am willing to bet you could not find one single book in a library about the perversion that car- is carried on today and bragged about. Well, and the thing is, is 
you know, for better or for worse, they have the freedom to do what they want. That's you know, fine. I, I got no problem. Well, yeah, we've talked that's about fine. that. Yeah. that. That's fine. Um, but where's my right to simply not be bothered with it? Yes. Where Where's my right to not have my children exposed to it? To turn that Where, mute button off. To just... Yeah. Listen, you can do what you want. You can you can have your groups. You can talk what you want to talk. Just give me the right to not have to deal with it. And the, the areas that we're dealing with, with are abortion, the gay and lesbian, transgender, whatever, all that weird. We, I say weird because weird is strange to me. That's what the, what I mean by that. And well, I, I mean, here's here's the thing. Um, you can put the Bible. You can put Christianity. Uh, you can put all of that aside. Mm -hmm. um, nature. If if you want to believe in evolution, um, this this, <laughs> this isn't this is an evolution stopper. Cold. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if that's the way you're going to go, um, and you're saying you were born that way, that your genes just made you come up. Okay, fine, but you've just eliminated the possibility of that gene being passed along. So where are we at now? If you think critically about it, it it's it's evolution isn't kind. Yeah. to certain behaviors. Yeah, I, I would agree with that completely. Uh, Jim, I do hate to tell you, we are completely out of time. Uh, good show, as always. Well, almost always. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll pick up on some of this next week uh, when we come back. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to check out our website, our fantastic website.com or vintagebiscuits.com. Check out our very fun and uh, it's it's not polluted with political talk. Our, our Facebook page, the Biscuits and Gravy Bunch page, it's all jokes and rubber chickens. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. We're heard on the Leading Edge Radio Network, Q-Star FM, WBM Radio, and uh, Delmarva Talk Radio and Apex Radio as well. Uh, we hope you have a great week. Don't forget to tip your server. Make a friend. Spend some time with your kids. Please don't tip the cows. Jim? And please, turn on your Amber Alerts. The life you save may be someone that you know. We'll see you next time right here on the Biscuits and Gravy Show. Good night, everybody.